Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day, welcome to Battle Ready. A blessed Holy Thursday to you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, I pray for your faithful and fervent priests, for your unfaithful and tepid priests, for your priests laboring at home or abroad in distant mission fields, for your tempted priests, for your lonely and desolate priests, for your young priests, for your dying priests, for the souls of your priests in purgatory. But above all, I recommend to you the priest dearest to me, the priest who baptized me, the priest who absolved me from my sins, the priest at whose masses I assisted and who gave me your body and blood and holy communion, the priest who taught and instructed me, all the priests to whom I am indebted in any other way. O Jesus, keep them all close to your heart and bless them abundantly in time and in eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, our meditation comes to us from Father Romanus Cesario, who is of the Order of Preachers, and it's called A New Commandment. Holy Thursday brings Catholics three graces that only God can bestow. The first gift comes in the Blessed Eucharist. Today, Christ institutes the sacrament of his body and blood, whereby he abides with us daily. The second gift appears as the Catholic priesthood. Today, Christ ordains the first priest, those men gathered in the upper room with him. By the ministry of priests, people of all times and places receive the Eucharist and the other sacraments of salvation. The third gift finds a symbol in the washing of the disciples' feet. Today, Christ announces a new form of love, one with its own priorities. This gift goes by the name of divine charity, very special kind of loving that only God can make possible for the human creature to enact. Each gift comes with a new commandment. The Eucharist appears in the form of bread and wine, so we can eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. Priests alone can celebrate the Mass. Some Catholic men of suitable age and right dispositions are required to take up the burden of the priestly office. Both the Eucharist and Holy Orders create a communion of love. Christ commands all men and women to love God and neighbor with a love that only God can create in them. Holy Thursday obliges us to fulfill, as we are able, all these commands. Gracious Father, your Son has left us the precious gifts of redemption. Keep me faithful to the Eucharistic sacrifice and increase in me that love that only you can create. Keep your priests holy. Today's suggested penance is to pray or offer some sacrifice for an increase in vocations to the priesthood. A fitting meditation for today, Holy Thursday. Um, this is the day that Christ instituted, as you just heard, both the Eucharist and his priesthood. It's his priesthood, by the way. Uh, the, the ministerial priests of the world participate in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. There's only one high priest, and it's Jesus Christ. Uh, just some, let's begin with some quotes from some of the saints who had a true understanding of what the priesthood was. 
St. Alphonsus Liguori. The end for which God has instituted the priesthood has been to appoint on earth public persons to watch over the honor of his divine majesty and to procure the salvation of souls. St. Leonard of Port Maurice. What tongue, human or angelic, may ever describe a power so immeasurable as that exercised by the simplest priest at Mass? Who could ever have imagined that the voice of man, which by nature hath not the power even to raise a straw from the ground, should obtain through grace a power so stupendous as to bring from heaven to earth the Son of God? St. John Vianney. The priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. When you see a priest, think of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's many, many others. We could go on probably the whole show just quoting saints about the priesthood. Because you must understand, if there's no priest, there's no Eucharist. And if there's no Eucharist, there's no church. That's it. That kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? And, you know, the true priest that has a heart after God, uh, he's not a priest for himself. He does not give himself absolution. He can't administer the sacraments to himself. He is not for himself. He is for you. So after God, uh, the priest has everything because he's giving you the sacraments. It's by the power of God through the grace of the Holy Spirit, but it's the priest who brings you salvation in the form of the sacraments. So there's such a, a lot to say about the priesthood. Um, one thing I'd like to tell you is Satan hates the priest. Satan hates the Eucharist. Satan hates the church. That's very clear. And as I said, take away the priest, you take away the Eucharist, take away the Eucharist, you take away the church. Now, in the last 50 years, the number of priests in the United States has decreased by 60%. Did you hear me? 60%. While the population of the United States has more than doubled. So there's over 3,500 churches that do not have a resident pastor. What do I mean by that? That means that there is a priest who drives in from another church to celebrate the sacraments and then drives away. He does not live on the property. He lives at another church, a neighboring parish. 3,500 churches in America alone that do not have a resident pastor. That's astonishing. Now, in 1970, globally, on the whole planet, there was 420,000 priests almost half a million. Today, there's 414,000 priests. So we've declined, not by much. However, the Catholic population on the planet has doubled from 650 million Catholics in 1970 to 1 1.3 billion Catholics today. So again, less priests per capita to minister to the people. And the numbers aren't getting any better. They're, they're going down and down and down. So the intention today is to pray for all the priests of the world and all those men who are called to be priests. 
vocations are in their heart. They need to be opened up and um, cultivated by good priests that would call men to the altar. Uh, today, uh, this, you'll see, if you go to Mass today on Holy Thursday, there's this, uh, within this celebration of the institution of the, the Lord's Supper, there is an option for the foot washing. Now, up until 2016, the Roman Missal, the sacred Roman Missal, which is the book that the priest prays the Mass through, it also has all the instructions for the Mass. And in the Roman Missal, up to 2016, it always said, after the homily, where a pastoral reason suggests it, the washing of the feet follows. So it's, it's an option. It's not required. Those who have been chosen from among the people God are led by the ministers to seats prepared in a suitable place. Uh, the, the priest removes his chasuble, goes to each one, pours water over each one's feet, and then dries them. It, this was always an instruction that the, it would be the men who have been chosen. The word in Latin is viri. Men. The men have been chosen. Now, in 2016, Pope Francis changed that. He uh, issued a decree from the Congregation for Divine Worship that said now this can be uh, opened up to everybody. Now this, you know, think about it. It's things like this, I think, personally, that confuse the laity and create more division in the church. Because now people are saying, well, if they can, you know, if you can wash the women's feet, perhaps the women should be priests. People make that jump, that leap, believe me. So, uh, of course, the priest doesn't have to do it. But now that it's been an option made by, opened by the Pope, you always get people that have comments and snickers. Why did you only choose 12 men, Father? Why didn't you choose some women, like the Holy Father said we could do now? Well, it's the option of the priest. You know, the priest is the one who celebrates the Mass. He gets to choose. He chooses those altar servers. He chooses everything that happens in the Mass is chosen by the pastor, the priest. So, you know, that's all I have to say about that. And... You know, that's the thing that happens at Holy Thursday. A lot of people are focused on the foot washing ritual, uh, not realizing this is an option that does not have to be even in the Mass. It is not a central component. Now, I'm not against, this is something Jesus did, I'm not against it. But it's not supposed to be the, the, the center of the Mass. It actually diminishes the true reality of what's happening when all the focus is on the foot washing. Because you know what's happening? Bread and wine are turned into the body of Jesus Christ. We just heard the saints talking about this mystery of God coming down at the commands and the words of the priest onto the altar. The rubrics of this mass clearly spell out the focus uh, also of the homily. We're called to shed light on the principal mysteries that are commemorated in this mass. Namely, that would be the institution of the Holy Eucharist and of the priestly order and the commandment of the Lord concerning fraternal charity. Most people would have certainly heard about the Eucharist, 
But how about the priesthood? How many homilies are in the priesthood? Probably not many, I would think. Now, well, think about it, you know, the last many years, many years coming, there have been hard years on the church for decades. All sorts of reasons you can put there for whatever reason, but it's been difficult. But it's also been a hard year all these years for priests. I remember when I was living in Boston right after 9-11. Uh, so that would be 2002, right? I think so. 2001. I think I moved to Boston in the, the fall of 2001. And then in t early 2002, the scandal of priests abusing children broke in Boston, of all places. And I remember the hatred people had towards priests, not just the newspapers, it was the not and not everybody. I'm not painting the whole town of Boston with hatred against priests, but the people, the loudest, were the ones who hated the priests. Always is the situation, right? So I was living with Father Tom at the time, and we used to go in the afternoon and walk the whole length of the beach, which is probably about uh, half a mile. It would be sort of like our exerciser for the day, uh, and you know, it's a nice time to clear your head in the afternoon. Uh, we talk about uh, my vocation and you know all sorts of things. Well, once that happened, people would stop their car because there's a road that lines the beach. They would stop their car and they'd get out to yell at the priest, "You pedophile! You child abuser! Is that your boyfriend walking with you?" The most vile things. And this was a priest who never did anything but serve the Lord. I mean, and served him well. And he's still alive. God bless him. Uh, this man gave up his entire life to serve Jesus. Every moment of his life was about serving Jesus. He had no free time for his own, really. It was always whatever God wanted. And, and the people just attacked him. And I'm sure he wasn't alone. I remember Father Benedict Groeschel telling me that um, when he, before the scandal, when he walked through airports, people were so kind. And they would greet him and hug him and uh, tell him, you know, thank you for being a priest. And then after the scandal broke, he would walk through the airport and he'd see mothers grabbing their children and pulling them away out of the uh, aisle of the, the, the walkway of the airport as though he was going to molest them publicly in the middle of an airport. You know, those things, they leave a mark, even on priests. We have uh, hearts that get affected by the way people treat us. And uh, hopefully we're men enough to forgive quickly and uh, offer it to the Lord as a sacrifice. But it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years, you could say. Um, one of the other issues, Pope Francis thinks one of the big problems in the church is that clerics feel that they're superior that they are far from the people, they have no time to hear the poor, the suffering, the prisoners, or the sick. You know, again, thanks, Holy Father, for your support. Um, that I'm sure to some degree that's probably true, but I would say probably 90% of the priests, that is not the case. And when we read that in print, um, it really, it's very demoralizing, to be honest, that that's what he thinks of his priests. You know, uh, 
I realize a lot of people share their opinions of him. I'm not fond of talking about the Holy Father at all. Uh, you know, uh, he, he does the best he can, I, I would imagine. But when he goes on record by saying that we have a superior attitude and we're very far from the people, you know what? Come to Columbia, Tennessee, and you come and walk through my day with me and tell me that I'm far from my people. I'm sorry, I'm not. And neither are most of the priests I know. Um, you know, we just all got together for the chrism mass. Uh, and I'll tell you, when you look at the priests, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're worn out. And I was speaking to a group of about four or five while we were waiting to process into the church and the topic of um, vacation came up with one of the younger priests. He hadn't taken any vacation last year. He's been too busy. And you know what? He hadn't been able to take his canonical retreat. And one of the older priests said, uh, uh, Father, you have to take your retreat. It's not an option. It's it's vital to your vocation. You must take your retreat. Mm. But um, my point is this, that they wouldn't be so tired and worn out if they weren't doing the work of God, you know? And we're not complaining, but you must know the truth. Uh, these men work tirelessly to bring you God and to bring you to God. That's all. So pray for them. Just pray for your priests. Okay, so today we celebrate this great institution of not just one sacrament, but two, Eucharist priesthood. They are indelibly and forever tied together. You can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. So both sacraments are instituted side by side, the priesthood and the Eucharist. And uh, like I said, they're, they're really truly intertwined. One cannot exist without the other. Without the priesthood, there would not only be no sacrifice of the mass, there would be no Catholic Church. There would be no cleansing the soul of sins. Can you imagine that? And this may sound strange, even audacious, but the truth is that God became man in order to sacrifice himself on the cross by dying for the salvation of the world. And having died once on Calvary, he continues offering himself in every mass so, so completely and totally that the sacrifice is made present once again every time that mass is offered, even till the end of time. This is what he meant by he would be with us till the end of time. Not just spiritually, through his spirit, but also substantially, physically, in the Eucharist. So what makes the Mass possible? Well, on the one hand, the Mass is possible only because of Christ's death on Calvary, and it's literally made present at every Mass. But the Mass is only possible if you have a priest, because only the priest can offer the bloodless sacrifice of the Mass. For he not only stands in the person of Jesus, but is wholly configured to him. He is another Christ, an altar Christus. And now, this might sound arrogant. The truth is that there can be no mass without the priesthood. That's the simple fact. This is why Christ instituted the sacrament of the priesthood to ensure that his sacrifice on Calvary would be renewed and repeated in every mass until the end of time. That's why he did it. I remember years ago, 
in my former diocese where I grew up, um, the bishop made it, instituted a decree that um, communion services would be no longer allowed in the diocese. I think it was 2016. And I thought, well, that's very curious. Why is he doing that? And I, I think the reason was that uh, too many parishes were opting for communion services rather than mass when they could have a mass. And he, he was trying to make the point, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Just because you do the readings, you pray the readings, and then you have petitions for in the intercessions, and even a, even a it's not a homily because it's not a mass, but a meditation. Uh, and then you bring communion in that's been prior priorly consecrated at a at a previous mass. It is not the same thing as the sacrifice of the mass. It has a lot of the same elements, but it's not the same thing. So he put that into action. I don't know if that still exists today, but the, I remember that thinking that was a bold move in effect trying to teach the people you, this is not you don't take this into your own hands i want the priest there celebrating the mass and you know ultimately the host would eventually run out if there wasn't a priest to consecrate more hosts into the body of christ now <clears throat> When we think of uh, what happens at this Mass, of this day, Holy Thursday, it's, it's very obvious that we can associate the Eucharist with the Last Supper, but what about the priesthood? We can see this in the action of our Lord washing the feet of his disciples. Most people would easily recognize this as an example of Christ's humility. And this is true, of course, but there's a lot more going on here. The action of washing appears to be uh, a deliberate echo of the washing in the hands and feet done by the sacrificial priests of the Old Covenant. You know, they're celebrating the Passover meal. So this is a Jewish uh, rite that they're participating in. He's changing many of the elements of it. And he's now about to make this the new sacrament of the new covenant. But this is all pointing back to the, the Old Covenant. The washing was not just a practical and hygienic preparation for offering sacrifices at the altar of the temple. But this washing was symbolizing the priest's unworthiness to approach the Lord. So it's fitting that the washing of feet occurs at the same time that the apostles are entrusted with the Eucharist. Because they too, like all priests, are unworthy men. Nobody's worthy of what the priest is called to do. It's by the sheer gift and grace of God that men are called to do this. But Notice what's different. The Old Covenant focused on self-purification. Priests performed the ablutions to purify themselves, but the New Covenant is focused on sanctifying others. So we unworthy priests are washed. We are not uh, washing ourselves. We are washed and purified in order that we may now purify, wash, and sanctify others. So there's a distinction made here. And, you know, when we consider all of this, we also have to look at the dual commission of Christ. Do this in memory of me. The key words which solemnize the institution by Christ of the ministerial priesthood 
in its eternal relation to the Eucharist. Do this in memory of me. And immediately after instituting the Eucharist, the Lord, in other scriptural texts, uh, orders the apostles to do this in memory of me. And now this doesn't mean treat this as a symbol. The memorial offering of Christ's body and blood actually is Christ's body and blood. It is making present his death on Calvary. But there's a second commission, which is found only in the Gospel of John. And this comes at the end of the washing of the feet. After he had washed their feet, the Lord says to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and rightly so I am. If, the, if I then, the Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. I have given you an example so that you may copy what I have done to you. And this also could be very easily do this in memory of me, right? It's a mandate. So I hope you will be able to get to uh, the mass today. Uh, it's usually in the in the evening. I don't know of anybody that celebrates it early in the day, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the rubrics say about that. But check your local parishes. Uh, and if you can get to this Mass and really ask the Holy Spirit to open it up for you so you can get a deeper understanding of truly these great mysteries God has bestowed on his people through his holy priests. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing out. <laughs>